Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Callum. And welcome to another episode of 1001 A Film Podacy. This week, we're spiralling into the world of espionage, gadgets and gold with our review of the classic James Bond film, Goldfinger. We'll be continuing our top three segment with our least favourite, favourite movie villains. The really nasty kind that you want to pull out the screen and give a good telling off to. So how did you do this? Did you pick movie villains that are, I don't know, what sort of villains did you pick? I went for ones that really, really annoy me, really boil my blood. Yeah, I went for ones that just either really unnerved me and made me just feel horrible, or that three that I would just wouldn't want to be around at all. I, <laughs> I just, just hate with all my heart, really. You wouldn't yeah. fancy sitting with no, uh, God, no. for a roast? It'd be awful. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Talk about dream dinner guests. These are my actual absolute nightmare dinner guests, I'd say. Yeah. So this week, uh, who's your number three? Well, I think I talk about David Lynch as much as you talk about James Bond. And yeah. My first one is from a David Lynch film, unfortunately. So sorry again to. Uh, well, that's fine. And I don't think you've seen it. It's um, Frank Booth from Blue Velvet, played by Dennis Hopper. Have you seen Blue? No, you, you haven't seen no. Blue Velvet, have you? We've discussed this. I watched Blue Valentine thinking it was Blue Velvet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. Blue. Yeah, Blue. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try not to spoil it then, because you've not seen it. He's basically, um, he's just a really unpredictable man. So he's just, you don't know what, what he's going to be like when you see him. And he's really just, there's something clearly up with him. He's deeply disturbed, basically, and he and he's very violent as a man, and he's very intimidating. Like, all his mates are just sort of standing quietly as he's going off on, like, tangents of insane... I don't know, and he's just horrible, basically. He's very yeah. erratic, I suppose the word is. Um, and, he, and there's a sort of trait he has where he uses, like, a ba- little baby's voice <laughs> and then <laughs> immediately goes into, like, a shouting and really uses mental swear words, like just right after it and slaps people and stuff quite a few times. And it seems like you would, you someone that you would just meet at like a house party that someone's just brought along and you'd have to spend all night appeasing them but just you to not upset him. You don't think you'd get on with them then, no? God, no. And I don't think I'd get on with... Uh, Dennis Hopper scares me anyway, as a man. I'd, he's a great actor, but I'd be terrified to talk to him. Oh, mommy. 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 Baby wants to fuck. Get ready to fuck! You fuckers, fucker! You fucker! Don't you fucking look at me! Nasty, nasty man. Well, I, I do need to watch Blue Velvet um, because you've discussed it a few times now, and I. Yeah, yeah I'll watch it. It's up there, David Lynch wise. Up there. Right, okay. Um, yeah. My number three. Um, is someone that I know you're familiar with um, and there's also the, the same person um, that turned me off eating Turkish Delight so it's the White Witch from Narnia <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to say Edmund from Narnia He's sort of although Narnia. I don't like him either um, yeah. the fact that the White Witch um, f- freezes these people I think I mentioned yeah. a few episodes ago about Chamber of Secrets and Hermione gets petrified, petrified. don't like people freezing no, because yeah, because they were once human. And yeah, you, yeah, don't like you, it. Uh, what's he put, called, Mister Tumnus? <laughs> Mister Tumnus turns him into a statue. The beavers, the, oh, the two little beavers. Um, who were they voiced by? I, seems I think one's Ray Winston. One's Ray. Is it Ray Winston? I think it's Ray Winston and Don French. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but her, I just think she she's nasty, and um, I believe it's Tilda Swinton. Yeah, um, and I just don't like her in anything else. See. That that's how I've done this. Um, I've basically gone for people who play characters that I hate so much that I don't like the actors anymore at all. Oh uh, right, yeah. So Phil Swinton don't like her. Um, I haven't seen her in many things actually, apart from that film with um, Ezra Miller. Do you know the? Oh, we need to talk about Kevin. Yeah, she wasn't very lovable in either. So she was um, all right. Well, look what she had to deal with. No, I know, of course, yeah, but give her a break. 
Hey, um, I just don't. Like, maybe, maybe if I hadn't seen her as the White Witch, I would have. I would have been. I would have loved her, but nah, not Last interested. Impression. Don't have like you, White Witch. Sorry, you, it's all right. Have, have you seen um, Snowpiercer? Seen yes, she's the baddie in that as well. Yeah, she quite, is. Yeah, there quite, you go. She's quite good in that. She's a Yorkshire woman for some reason. Yeah, yeah <laughs> there's no strange. explanation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll whip your ass. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, that she, she used to scare me as well a lot as a kid. Um, yeah, that's an impression. Yeah. You wouldn't want to, I don't know, woman wake up the night and her be in your room. Often you say, "Who's to light?" Would you? Now, what do you reckon? It was because she seemed so nice at first, and then tricked you. Yeah, as a child. Her. Yeah. Because I would have wow. been Edmund, I okay. would have taken, I would have taken the sweets from her. Did you do that? I can make anything you like. Can you make me taller? <laughs> anything you'd like to eat. Turkish delight. Speaking of female villains that seem all right at first, this this one I'm going to have to spoil the film though. Is the only thing. Will yes. you ever watch the film Audition, which is a Japanese horror film from 1999? I was planning on watching it this afternoon. Oh, bollocks. <laughs> no, I probably probably won't watch it. Right, so I'm just going to, for anyone listening, I'm going to spoil the film Audition. So I'll just tell you what it's about. It's about this um, young girl called Asami Yamazaki, uh, played by Aihi Shina. Um, and she's sort of this innocent young woman who's being courted by like this man who's lost his wife uh, called Ayama. Um, but ha- well, as the film sort of progresses, it becomes clear that she's not really what she appears to be. And, and she, you know, her true nature is gradually revealed basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where the spoiler bits sort of begin. Um, she's sort of had a really troubled past. She's been mistreated by loads of men in her life and she's just set, out to to basically get revenge on on, on men um, in increasingly sadistic ways. So um, so she leads them into a false sense of security by pretending to be a sweet woman, mm-hmm. um, and then basically drugs them, puts them in a big sack, um, and then puts them in this room, uh, you know, and then, and then just gets you know acupuncture needles. Yeah, she just starts sticking them into to the really like deep into their into his body. Um, oh, and she also cuts off his foot with a saw, with like one of those just practical saws that you have to manually cut with. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a really horrendous version of um, misery. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because a literally... really nasty misery. Christ. I think it's just, yeah, throughout the film, she's just extremely unassuming and polite and then just switches, which is what makes me most disturbed about her. That's a, a, a massively different choice uh, from the White Witch, but also <laughs> quite similar. <laughs> like my number two then um, is I haven't seen this film in a long, 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 long time, um, so I don't really remember a lot about the plot of the film. But the hatred I feel for this character hasn't sort of it, it's still as strong as it's it not happens. waned. No, not yeah. at all. Uh, and again. Now I don't like the actor. Um, so it's Sam Rockwell's character, Wild Bill in A Green Mile. A Green oh. Mile? The Green Mile. Um, there's only one of them. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so again, we're spoiling the film. Uh, basically, John Coffey, um, played by Michael Clark Duncan, has been arrested for the murder of two young girls. Um, and he's put on death row. Um, and it's very sad because he's, he's a lovely chap. Um, someone I'd put on my top three heroes list um, rather than villains. Yeah. Um, and anyway, you think that he probably has done this crime, but he didn't mean to. Bit of a Lenny type. Um, so they get to the end of the film. Three hours go by. Um, turns out he's magical. And spoiler alert, they execute him. Um, and at the end of it, we find out it was actually Wild Bill that did it all. Bastard. Um, he killed them. Um, didn't say a bloody word about it. Um, and he's just a horrible character in it. He's just like a, like a, a proper like I don't know. I don't know if this word's offensive. Hick, is it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Is that? I'm not sure. I think so. We'll Google it and edit out if not. <laughs> yeah. He's he's yeah. And and Sam Rockwell since then, I just think is a is a horrible man. Thinks. Well, he just is. I've never seen the Green Mile. Um. But so I don't have that experience with Sam Rockwell. I can't remember what the first film I saw him in was. Um, 
I've seen him in Moon since. Oh. I, I quite liked him in that, but the still, first... I just thought of Wild Bill every time I saw his face. I think the first time I saw him in was Galaxy Quest. So oh, he was funny in that. All yeah. I'll say as well about The Green Mile is it also features one of your favourite actors of all time, Barry Pepper. <laughs> oh, yes. That is good. I just like his name a lot. Your bags are packed. <laughs> My bags are packed! I'm ready to go! Where are we going? Let's go! No! 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 So my number, my last film I'm going to talk about is Pan's Labyrinth. Have you ever heard of this? Have you ever sp- uh, watched it? No, but um, it, it, again, on my watch list, um, right. it was on my original list for films to watch during this series. Um, there we go. But since then, that, that's, that list has disappeared. I just pick them randomly now. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure you do too. Um, we're breaking our own rules, which is fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I've not seen it, but I, I do want to watch it a lot. I've put off watching it just in case we do it on this and I have to watch it again yeah. like a two weeks later. I'm, I'm, I won't spoil it because I haven't, yeah, I've, I had a feeling you'd want to watch this one. So yeah. I'll just talk about one little scene then that sort of explains what he's like, this man. He's called Captain Vidal. Um, and he's played by Sir, Sir G. Lopez, probably butchering that. Um, he's he's basically this t- tyrannical sort of captain of a, of an army, basically, uh, that's sort of in a relationship with the main protagonist's um, mum. Uh, so early on in the film, his men capture a father and son who were hunting rabbits nearby. Um, and just the way he deals with those men in such a cold-blooded blooded fashion um, just makes me feel horrible. He's just an absolute horror. He's just a nasty, nasty man all the way oh, through the film. And he just continues to act like this throughout. He just speaks to people like crap. Um, he's just a repugnant man in general, really. I'm not um, like it, him. I, I no, can tell already I'm not going to like him. He's horrible. He's generally the worst. Well, he's my number one. He's the worst villain I've ever seen on screen. <laughs> I just feel pure hatred for him. And he, and he relishes in being a twat, basically. Um, um, who's, he, who's he played by? Sergi Lopez. And is there anything else you've seen? Um, I didn't actually look it up, to be honest, but I, I recognise his face, but I don't know what from. But if you saw him in something else, would you? Absolutely oh yeah, surprising. yeah, I'd hate him. I, he's <laughs> he's just, I just, he's horrible. He's just nothing he does is nice in the film. I don't think like the message of the film is probably there's some real there are some monsters in this like that you've seen probably the guy yeah. with the eyes and his hands his and all hands. that. But guess what? People are the real monsters. Thank yep. you. Um. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> um, I, I I don't get to hear you being that angry about something very often. I thought I was quite. <laughs> I quite enjoyed yeah. that. It was quite funny. I, I rewatched scenes from it just to remind myself, and I couldn't finish them. Also, my fist was clenched. Once again, then this week we've asked other podcasters their top three picks, um, and. Uh, great minds think alike because somebody else has picked my number one as well. Um, and I was thinking about getting rid, but no, the, the hatred for this person is is real. So um, it's Professor Umbridge from Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I should think we can get away with torturing children <laughs> <laughs> in a magical school. Um, yeah. But she she has a go at it. Um, and the fact that she is like in her office, it's like got loads of sort of china on the walls with with kittens on it. Um, right, and she wears yeah. like that little like like pink outfit, and, and the hair's all done nice, and she looks like she'd be absolutely lovely. Yeah, um, but she's a vicious cow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, she's 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 not very nice at all. Um, she gets what's the name sacked? Uh, Emma Thompson. Can't remember her name in the film. Doesn't matter. Um, gets Trelawney. her Trelawney. Professor yeah, Trelawney. Yeah. Professor Trelawney gets her sacked. Um, yeah, gets, that's a horrible scene. Scars Harry Potter's hands. Um, by telling and telling fibs, I'm sure most people have seen this uh, her in, in in this film, and, and she's just awful. Um, yeah, and then she started, and I watched The Crown as well because I'm uh, 75 years old. <laughs> yeah, um, and she played the, the queen in this most recent series of The Crown, and I struggled to not see Professor Umbridge. Um, in the end, I just saw the queen, um, <laughs> like I did with all the other series. But no, I yeah, I really can't stand this woman um it's just the, her voice and i don't know it's she's awful really nasty i do remember her being absolutely horrible they seem to just hire twats in that school don't they yeah they do one awful twat's people. gone they bring another one in yeah um 
Yeah, exactly. I, I always <laughs> never, I never understand stood how Snape ever got a job there if he was an ex Death Eater. Surely that's not allowed. Whether he's nice now and friends with Dumbledore or not, I know the whole story of the film, but surely the parents would have been complaining. And who's recruiting these teachers? Who's the person recruiting? They're terrible at their job. Mad-Eye Moody. Uh, Yeah, Mad-Eye Moody, Professor Quirrell, um, Lockhart. Yeah, Dumbledore really needs to sort this out. Lupin's all right as a fella, but as a werewolf, he's a bastard. I want you to write, I must not tell lies. How many times? Well, let's say for as long as it takes for the message... To sink in. You haven't given me any ink. Oh, you won't need any ink. Have you got any honourable mentions before we move on to... Yeah, I have, but I've realised it's another liar. Go on. Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> yeah, he is a liar. Yeah, he is. Your life's a lie. He's living a double life. Um, but yeah, him. I'm not going to go into why I don't like him, because come no. on, he's the Emperor of the Empire. He is the worst man in Star Wars. He's the worst man in Star Wars. You can't really see Darth Vader, um, because... No, he is a he's alright in the end. end. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. Don't care. Um... <laughs> But yeah, Palpatine um, electrocuting Luke. Um, yeah, I don't like that. And he killed and, Kit. And he killed Kit Fisto. Yeah, which and he is, killed Kit Fisto and Mace Windu. Don't mind. Don't care about Mace Windu. I'm just upset about Kit Fisto. Can you edit in him shouting unlimited power now? Y- yes. <laughs> Um, any more honourables? No, of you. I've got loads, but I didn't write down their names, so I'm just going to say the film names. So Ben Kingsley and Sexy Beast. He's a good one. He's just a. He's funny though, but he's he is a twat. Right. Um, there's a character. The the main. I can't remember his name. He's got like three different names. He changes his name every couple of scenes in City of God. The villain in that. He's horrible. Right. Um, obviously, Nurse Ratchet was one by four. You know, she's an iconic one that a lot of people talk about. Um, just the demon thing and It Follows kind of creeps me out, the way that... Um, have you seen It Follows? No, I, I don't watch a lot of films, you know. Like, for oh, a right, person who does a film review, um, <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen a lot of stuff. So that's just a scary villain, that really. Obviously, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Anton Chigurh in uh, No Country for Old Men. Uh, Barry Keoghan's character in Killing of a Sacred Deer and the two horrible bastards in Funny Games. Thank you. Uh, no Country for Old Men. I was going to say that's probably the most um, villainous weapon you can probably have. It's like used for killing sheep and that, isn't it? Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's horrible, that. That's, uh, that's the top three. Should we go into other people's top threes, then? Yeah. Um, so I do have them here. So thank you, everybody, again for providing us with these yes, so uh, hallmark of greatness uh, they've gone with Bricktop from Snatch oh yeah um, they just said it's just a genuinely awful awful human being uh, and he pokes dogs with a stick in one scene well um, I forgot about that yeah he's a twat then he might yeah. be my number one now uh, Chelsea's just walked past and uh, mouths the words looks like my nana as well so Bricktop <laughs> does look a bit like Chelsea's <laughs> nana but I didn't say that Chelsea said that the Uncredited Extras podcast, um, they, it was Hayden that said the law is Umbridge, um, so oh, right. yeah, great minds think alike. Um, oh, hang on. Oh, no, I, I didn't, I don't think I actually noticed this. Um, Go on. Percy, uh, sorry, Doc said Percy from the Green Mile, so that's the other villain in Green Mile, there's two of them. Um, Percy oh. uh, basically kills a mouse. Um, oh. And then... Owen has said uh, Commodus from Gladiator. So yeah, so Commodus Gladiator, yeah, that's another na- really nasty one. Um, Joaquin. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but I, 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 I really like Joaquin Phoenix, so he's not one that put me off the actor, but no. yeah, awful character. Yeah. Absolutely awful. Um, Alan then from Movies on the Way. Um, oh, this is a good one as well. 
has gone for um, Ralph Fiennes' character, Eamon Goeth, uh, in Schindler's List. Have you seen Schindler's List? No. Just <laughs> oh. name a big film. Name a massive film. I've probably not seen it, weirdly. It's bizarre. Fair enough. But yeah, no, that's a good one. We'll, we'll probably I've, do heard, he, I've heard he's horrible. Oh, he is, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a scene in it. They're in like um, a labour camp. Um, and there's a woman who used to be, uh, well, still is an architect. Um, and they're building this building, and, he, and she's saying to them, you, You've built it with the wrong wood. You need to knock it down, or it's going to fall down. Um, and then he just shoots her, oh. and then just says, Do what she said, knock it down, oh. build it again. She was right the whole time. He, oh, he's nasty. Oh, it boils my blood. Sounds similar to that guy in Pants Labyrinth, actually. He's a bit like that. Yeah. Um, they get on well then. And then Alan's also said uh, Michael Myers from Halloween. Um, he, he said he doesn't get his blood boiling, uh, but he's definitely one of my all-time favourite villains. I agree with that. Very good one. Um, best yeah. thing about Michael Myers in, in Halloween um, is he doesn't have a motive. Yeah, he's just evil for evil's sake. But then they sort of, in the remakes with, uh, what's the Rob Zombie ones, they sort of give him a backstory and stuff, which I thought was stupid. Yeah. But in the newer ones, he's still just an evil bloke. And he, was much, for no reason. he was much scarier when he was just a killing machine uh, that killed for, for no apparent reason. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. There's, yeah, It's a bit like, yeah, films like The Strangers. They're just like, they're just there, aren't they? For no, it's just, uh, they, you yeah. ask them why, why us? And then she goes, because you were in. That's it. Yeah. Horrible. Awful. Sophie and Paul from SP Film viewers uh, have said Thanos uh, from Infinity Game. Uh, Infinity Games and War Ends, no chance. Infinity War and Endgame, sorry. <laughs> um, for obvious reasons. Um, yeah, the, the biggest crap. kill rate of any of these characters. Half the population. Of the universe. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Hans Lander from Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about popping him in because he's nasty, isn't he? Especially in that. He is. Opening scene, or early scene, whichever one it is, when he's in that farmhouse. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a, that could have been one of my opening sequences from last week. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, it was, it was on the my week list before, of sorry. potentials, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, he said that they both, both characters, Thanos and Hans Lander, never heard of those two in the same sentence before, um, both of them have a certain smugness about them um, that you just yeah. have to hate. Yeah, I agree. Correct. Um, He's also said he doesn't like Fletcher from Whiplash. Yeah, he's he's nasty. Yeah. J.K. Simmons. <laughs> Was he? Are you a rusher or a? What is it? Dragger. Dragger. Yeah. Yeah. Don't hey, hey, don't be don't be shy. You got it right. because I, was, I wasn't sure if it was that. <laughs> but yeah, no. I've there you go. That's the top three segment this week. Thank you for providing answers for us again. We appreciate it. And um, yeah, nasty people. Yeah. All round. Not not the <laughs> not the people probably, who yeah. No. <laughs> not the people who came as answers. The people we're talking about. Oh, they're they're great. Yeah. They keep helping us. If you've listened to any of our other episodes, you will know that I am um, a little bit of a James Bond fan. Um, I'm not a fanatic, but I'm a fan. I don't like watch all the films back to back all the time. Um, but it, James Bond films has been more of a constant. So I'll watch a couple a year sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and as a kid, I was a, a fanatic. Um, I've got lots of pictures of me in tuxedos just walking around just with my cousins they were all dressed normally in the garden shorts t-shirt <laughs> i'm in a tuxedo ridiculous yeah it's a bit ridiculous um but i'd have dunked your head <laughs> yeah. um yeah um so yeah so <laughs> i went with with goldfinger this week obviously it had to be a 60s film this film is basically the blueprint uh, for all of the other james bond films to come um, yeah it's the third installment of the franchise the first two Again, I really like both of them, um, but you can feel that they're not sort of the finished product. If you know what I mean, they're sort of still trying to find their feet. Um, a little like if you listen to our first two episodes, um, <laughs> um, but then Goldfinger is when they start sort of getting into gear a little bit. Um, it's it's a little bit sort of you can you can tell it's it you can see its age. Um, 
but yeah, that's is fine. It, I was going to ask it. Is this this seems to have all the classic Bond things that everyone knows about in it, like you know Aston Martin's laser beams and all that? Is this the first one with this, all that stuff? Yeah, this is the first one with gadgets. Um, yeah, Aston Martin's. Um, Right, I'll start off with some trivia, and I only found this out this morning. Um, the laser beam in this film, lasers didn't even exist in the world at that point. Didn't they? No, it was just an idea. God. Um, I don't think they came up with the idea. I think there was ideas of lasers before that, but they didn't actually exist. Um, wow. I didn't know that mad. before. I thought they used a real one. Yeah, I didn't know that. It looks real. But yeah, it looks real. But um, yeah, no, you're right, Aston Martins, this is the first one they use those in. Um, and also, I think it's the first film that he says... Uh, martini shaken, not stirred. Oh, is it? Well, there yeah, you go. I'm pretty sure. And it's my favourite one out of, out of the franchise. Um, I think it's one of those films from start to finish where I can't think of a scene where I'm like, that's a little bit tedious. Or it's, oh, it right, is, yeah. it is, I, I, I don't know if you'll agree, but I think from start to finish it is pretty entertaining. Every sort of scene is colourful um, or has a lot to do with the plot like there's nothing thrown in there for no reason sort of thing um yeah there's a lot of action in it as well which the first two had action but they weren't as action-packed as this one um it's also the yeah. first bond film that has the opening sequence um we'll go into it where he destroys the big i, I, I think it's like a drug lab or something yeah um, but it has nothing to do with the rest of the film um it's just him on another mission um but then they all start doing that after this one. So it's the first one to do that as well. So you, you love James Bond. Me, I'm a bit of a noob, really. I've seen several Daniel Craig ones. Um... I've seen The Man with the Golden Gun, as you know, because mm-hmm. I go on about Nick Knack a lot. <laughs> um, and I've seen, you don't have to tell me which one this is. I've seen what it might be Man with a Golden Gun, to be honest. It's one with a woman and a snake in a bathroom. Uh, Live and Let Die. I've seen Live and Let Die, then. And I think I might have seen Die Another Day. Uh, that might just be that I've seen the music video for that. I'm not sure. Well, Die Another Day came out when we were, I think it came out like 2003. So we'd have been about seven. I remember it being quite a big thing in school when that came out. It was, I remember, was there like KFC toys and McDonald's toys of the film? Because yeah. I'm sorry I had some of them. May well have been, to be fair, yeah. But yeah, personally, I was more of an Austin Powers man as a boy. Yeah, that's fine. Well, there's nice no gold member, isn't that? The gold member, he's based on Goldfinger, yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody, I'm from Holland. Isn't that weird? <laughs> um, and Goldfinger is, the, the name um, is based on... Uh, an architect, I can't remember his full name, but his surname was Goldfinger, and Ian Fleming wanted to use it. Uh, once this architect found out that Goldfinger, uh, Ian Fleming was going to use his name, um, he started like a court case, so he couldn't do it because he didn't want to be a villain, if you know what I mean. He didn't yeah, want right. to associate him with a villain. Um, so Ian Fleming replied saying, well, if you're being like that, I'll call him Gold Prick instead. Oh, yeah, so he, he backed down at that point, <laughs> and then he had a bit of an out-of-court settlement, um, and yeah, he was named Goldfinger. Was the reasoning that he he called him Goldfinger because he didn't like the style of oh, architecture he did? I'm, just, I don't, I'm not sure, I think he just saw the name and liked it. It's oh, like right. the, the name James Bond comes from, um, Ian Fleming just wanted a normal-sounding, sort of British, quite British name, and there was an... What's your granddad again? An ornithologist? Ornithologist. He saw an ornithology book um, by James Bond. Um, and that's where he got the name from. So it could have easily ah, been your go. granddad's name. I think the name Goldfinger sounds like a biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so obviously you're a bit of a novice. I've seen this film countless times. Uh, what was your first opinions of it? Um, I thought the sort of uh, the evil plot is not really that interesting is it really but i was somehow invested so what what is his plot again he's just he's trying to move gold sell gold offshore isn't he or something what's he doing he's trying to basically i think he's come across a lot of nazi gold I'm assuming. Uh, no, no, actually, well, I don't know. He's he's a, he's he's a jeweler, and he's also he's got an obsession with gold. So he's collected a lot of gold in his in his in his time, um, and then he melts it down, um, 
and sells it. So it's, it's like, it's untraceable. Once you've melted yeah. gold, it's untraceable because of the markings and stuff aren't there anymore. So you can't tell if they've been stolen or what have you. Um, so his plan is basically to break into Fort Knox yeah. um, and James Bond and MI5 think he's going to steal all the gold. Um, but they're like, this is a stupid plan. It'll take you ages to do that. Um, it'll take like 12 days with a stupid amount of workers doing it. You'll never get away with that. But then he's like, I'm not trying to steal it. I'm trying to set off a nuclear bomb in there to radiate all the gold, um, oh, which Lord. is America's gold depository, um, which renders it completely useless because it's all it's nuclear gold, basically. Um, yeah. So the US market's going to crash, um, and then Goldfinger's, however much gold he's got, it's going to increase its worth by tenfold it's not a twist but you do sort of think that he's going to break in and just nick it all and leave and then melt yeah. it because i think that's what we're meant to think but then yeah turns off he's just going to let off a big bomb in there um and well, to thinking, be honest i missed all that so that just made the plot a little bit more uh yeah what did you think the bomb was in there for I don't know. I just thought, yeah, throw a bomb in there for a laugh. <laughs> no, he was going to radiate it, which rendered right. it useless for like fifty-seven years or something like that. Um, oh, which right. increased well, his 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 amount. Better scheme now. It is a better scheme. Yeah, he's a clever man. I've always said that. <laughs> but of course, his government's given you a bomb. I prefer to call it an atomic device. It's small, but particularly dirty. Cobalt and iodine, precisely. Well, if you explode it in Fort Knox, the uh, entire gold supply of the United States will be radioactive for 57 years. 58, to be exact. I, my first question for you, Jake, is why is James Bond wearing a hat in the little barrel intro thing? I've not got a clue, but he's the only Bond that does it. None of the other ones do, I don't think. <sighs> I think he might do in all of them. I'm not 100% sure. He definitely does in the first three, three or four at least. But I'm not a fan of it either. It looks weird. I was like, who's that? <laughs> I didn't know it was James Bond. <laughs> Just the man walking in front of James Bond. That bloke. <laughs> um, yeah. Another question about Sean Connery. Because yeah. this is the first, I think, the second film I've ever seen him in, which is pretty bizarre. And the other film was, what was that film we watched? Was it with you? The Untouchables. Oh, The Untouchables. Have you never seen Indiana Jones? I've not seen the third one. Oh, that's the best one. Oh, well, not the best one. It's one of it's it's the second. Well, I don't know. It's up there with Raiders. Temple of yeah. Doom's a little bit off in it, but it's the one I haven't seen. Brilliant. It's the only one I haven't seen. Weirdly, but in in terms of Sean Connery, then why is he considered? Because I've looked at looked at him. People think he's the best James Bond for yes. the reason, and he's yours. Yes. So why your favourite? Sorry, why 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 is this? I'm not sure. In all honesty, it's just <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know. I think it's the the aura around him. I mean, if you look at if you look at Roger Moore, he just seems a bit too old to be doing it. He's not as cool. He's a bit more camp, sort of in the way he, like pulls his lines and stuff like that. It's, a, it's quite cheesy, sort of seventies sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, Timothy Dalton wasn't around long enough, so I don't know. Pierce Brosnan again. The franchise had to be rebooted because of it. Um, Daniel Craig's pretty good. I I didn't like Daniel Craig until I saw the most recent one, the, the last James Bond film to date. Yeah. Um, so he's pretty good, and then George Lazenby again. I thought was quite good, but um, again, one and done film. Yeah, one and done. So you're sort of left with Sean Connery. Um, he was. I think he did six films, maybe more. I think he did an unofficial one as well. Yeah, um, he just looks the part. Um, and he was the he was the first one, wasn't he? So that's yeah, probably. And yeah. I just think he's he's he's. he's the only one that I think, oh, he's, he's actually quite cool, if you know what I mean. Roger Moore's not cool, is he? He's a lot of things, but he's not cool. Um, just an old bloke. Yeah, exactly. And Timothy Dalton, again, he's not. Pierce Brosnan's quite cool. And also, it's, it's the fact that these films are made in the 60s, and I think that the suits they wear are a bit better, and um, you can see him driving the Aston Martin DB5, and it's sort of in time. When the other films are out, like when Daniel Craig's driving around an Aston Martin DB5, it looks cool, but you know it's like a 50-year-old car and it's not as good as the cars from nowadays, if you're not. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it's a lot to do with him being the first one, um, but also a lot to do with the fact that, although it looked old, I, th- I think it also seems quite timeless as well. I don't know. I don't know if yeah, you agree with that. Well, yeah, the music's like 60s as well, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. the theme song. So it does fit in with the aesthetic more than the other films, I'd yeah, say. So, yeah, I, I think see so. so I think that's maybe what it is. It, 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 it all fits together nicely. 
I thought he was pretty good. He's a bloody latch, though. Yeah, he is a latch. Um, <laughs> That's one yeah. thing I took away from this film. Yeah, he is a latch. He, he's yeah, but again, though, I don't. He, he's a hero in terms of he saves the world, but I don't think yeah. he's meant to be necessarily a hero in terms of his his personality. He is he is a latch. Like they always say, like he's oh, he's off with with a bloody bird again, sort of thing. Yeah, uh, that's what they say in these sort of films. Um, so they know he gets sidetracked by stuff like that, and he likes to drink. Um, okay. Yeah, and he likes to get in trouble. So I don't think he's necessarily a good bloke, um, but he's a good spy. He's your uncle. He's your uncle. Dink, meet Felix Leiter. Hello. Felix, say hello to Dink. Hi, Dink. Dink, say goodbye to Felix. Hmm? Uh, man talk. As a drink, slaps a bum. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've got one thing to say, actually, about this film. Considering I think golf is one of the most boring uh, sports going, um, the golf scenes in this maybe my favourite ones. Um, it's, it's quite mischievous, isn't it? And it looks like a nice day. I'd quite like to have played. I'd like to have been the caddy, James Bond's caddy, on that day. Um, yeah, have a bit of a chat yeah, with that job. Um, yeah, I like that character. He just came in. He was he was in on it. Yeah, <laughs> that little crafty sod. Yeah, <laughs> but with that golf scene, I would not have been able to make that putt as an actor at the end, or any of the putts. I know. No, they're meant to miss. I wouldn't be. Able, I'd probably. Pot it if 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 I was meant to miss. Yeah, I can't, I, it's those type of things in films that I would be awful at. Just like in, if I was a wrestler, I wouldn't be able to put out a ladder. I wouldn't be able to put up a ladder <laughs> or a table. I would, that would be the bits I couldn't do as a wrestler. So in films, I wouldn't be able to pot a, a golf shot or whatever. Do yeah. you think you'd be able to get in and out of the ring, all right? Or do you no, I'd smack you'd, my you'd, head. You'd fall and stumble. And but another thing I thought would when you said about potting it then. Uh, or putting it, I don't know. Do you put a pot or do you put a put? When when he's, he's <laughs> I don't know much about golf, so I don't know. <laughs> when he's putting it anyway at the end, um, but he they get into sort of business talk and he, he chucks the James Bond chucks the block of gold down and then the ball sort of goes towards it. Is it weighing the ground yeah. down or is he just missed because he's sidetracked? That's what I've never sort of. But he's just trying to get underneath his skin, isn't he? You play a Slazenger one, don't you? Yes. Why? Was well, the Slazenger seven? Here's my Penfold Hearts. You must have played the wrong ball somewhere on the 18th fairway. We are playing strict rules, so I'm afraid you'll lose the hole and the match. And Goldfinger yeah. seems alright for a bit. He just seems like a normal bloke to me <laughs> throughout, yeah. throughout most of the film. Obviously, um, you're aware of James Bond films having a big song at the start. The song for this one was written by John Barry, um, who I think he wrote quite a few of the Bond songs. I'm not 100% sure. Um, yeah. The first person to actually hear the soundtrack for this film was Michael Caine. Yes. True. I looked that up as oh, well. Oh, you knew that. Oh, <laughs> he, lived, he, lived, he, he lived with John Barry, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, they were living together at the time. So, <laughs> Sorry. Um, but no, the, the, the song for this was, was recorded in Abbey Road. Um, and also then, I'll see if you know this, because uh, I have told you this in the past, um, Jimmy Page was one of the session music, musicians on the recording of Goldfinger. Oh, I didn't know that. I forgot about that. Yeah, if you I think he was me. only about 18 at the time. Uh, which Young is quite cool, isn't it, for him to, to have done? But no, it's 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 probably one of the best Bond songs, um, and it's a reoccurring song, isn't it, throughout? Um, I like it when they do that with films, when there's a theme yeah. song, and they sort of play a little bit of it here and there, sort of throughout the film. But they use a lot of brass instruments in this, um, because they wanted the soundtrack to have a metallic feel, because obviously yeah. it's about gold. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I'm going to say something quite controversial here. I don't really like this song. And I don't like the way Shirley Bassey sings it. It does my bloody head in. <laughs> Too much vibrato. Fair enough. Um, would you have preferred Alan Partridge singing it then? Probably. I was thinking, yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> Someone should do an edit where every time that song comes in, it's Alan Partridge instead. But I would have, back in the day, I would have had someone much more, but I guess it's meant to be all like quite over the top, isn't it, James Bond anyway? So she's a bit of an over the top singer, isn't yeah. she? With her bloody. But I was like, oh, when's this going to end? I really wasn't a fan of it for some reason. It really rubbed me up the wrong way. It was that that she nearly passed out doing that end note. Um, oh, did she? Because they played the, the, the running credits for her um, to, to record two. 
And yeah. she just sort of had to hold the note until it ended. And it kept going and going and going. Um, she, I think she had to unbutton her belt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, she did three James Bond songs in the end. She did Moonraker as well. And... Diamonds, uh, Diamonds are forever. forever. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably a better one, actually. Um, I didn't know she did Moonraker. How's that one go? Was I'm is it sing- just Moon? I'm not singing it. <laughs> yeah, I held back singing uh, Goldfinger early because that was uh, <laughs> both of our ears. Yeah, I, I would have had someone along the lines of Johnny Cash sing it instead, just to be, <laughs> just to make it a bit more bearable. Maybe it's meant to be sort of all <laughs> extravagant and quite glamorous, isn't it? And yeah, James Bond and stuff like that, like something you'd hear in a cabaret room in, in a casino in las vegas sort of thing that's what i always think of yeah probably i mean it fits the film it's just my ears weren't a fan it was hurting me as she was uh her voice was shaking around she's a welsh national treasure i hope you know well they can keep her (laughs) gold finger he's the man the man with the widest touch the spider's touch such a cold finger, such a cold finger, pretty girl, beware of his web of sin, but don't go in. What did you think of our job? I know you're like a henchman. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't know our job was in this, in this film, and when I saw it, I was like, I know him. Yeah, obviously he defends the Beatles on it. My uh, <laughs> yeah. My dear girl, there are some things that just aren't done, such as drinking Dom Perignon 53 above a temperature of 38 degrees Fahrenheit. That's as bad as listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. I did tell you to to wait uh, for that line, but yeah. Yeah, James Bond says a horrible thing about the Beatles, and then instantly our job comes in and karate chops him. Good lad, our job. But no, I like our job. He's one of a few henchmen in James Bond that I know of. So obviously there's Jaws and Nick. you know my history yeah. of Nick Knack. Yeah. I was going to say, oh, when he does cool. that chop, apparently Sean Connery injured his back doing that. Really? Um, yeah, somehow. Um, but Pulled it. Yeah. Um, the, the, the fellow that played our job, Harold Sakata, um, was a professional wrestler called Tosh Togo, I think his name was, or Tosh Tojo. I asked my granddad, he said both, so I'm not sure which one it was. Um, <laughs> but apparently he was like a really quite a big star at the time. Yeah. But yeah, so he, maybe he did a real chop and it hurt his back. Probably, yeah, well, yeah. Gave but, him a receipt, as you say, in wrestling. Yeah, but Sean Connery in the end managed to um, get 5% of all of the gross sort of income for the, the Bond films because of it. Basically, he went in there saying, right, I've been hurt. You're paying me quite a lot, but I want more. I want 5%. Because he hit like, his back. Because he hit his back, yeah. But you couldn't really argue with it because you're half busy recording and he's already James Bond. He's been in two other films. Yeah, so he yeah. could ask for as much as he wanted, really, I would have thought. I didn't know that that was the injury, him getting chopped. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. That. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, that seems so like nothing. He just well, and Maybe it's the way you move because sometimes I just get up out of bed and pull my back. I'm like, oh, that's yeah, exactly. For a week. Tosh Togo, bang. But yeah, our job is a is a good a good henchman. He's up there with the best. Obviously, Jaws is the best. I think we can all agree. Yeah, he's he's, he's in two films. Is there person? any is there any that I need to look out for? Any underrated henchmen? Um, I always like um, Benicio del Toro in. I think I think I don't think it's, it's I think it's Licensed to Kill. He's in. It's, I think it's the only eighteen rated James Bond film. Oh, is um, it? And he's in that, and he's only like twenty one in it. Um, but he's really sinister. Yeah, he's quite um, good at that. Yeah, so he's yeah he's he's another good one. I think it's Mister Big from Living Let Die. He's okay. Oh yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, um, only because of Nightfire, I think. Yeah, maybe, but definitely, really, Odd Job and Jaws are the main two for me. Yeah, well, and Nick Knack's always Nick number one for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought at the end of this film, they said that the action scenes they wanted, like the fight scenes, they wanted to make them like as realistic as possible and stuff like that. I thought the fight scene when I watched it, I thought it was a bit crap. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, just it is a pushed bit. into a wall. Yeah, that's it. He didn't really. He was a bit rubbish, wasn't he, James Bond at fighting? And yeah, he was just getting like yeah, it wasn't like getting punched. He was just getting pushed and pushed around. around and, yeah, and thrown yeah, about. Weird, he was rubbish. But I think he he's meant to be like. I think he was like a silver Olympic medalist or something. Odd job. Um, oh right, in the in the story. I'm not sure if it's in the story, if it's in real life, or both. Oh right. Um, but he's a big bloody fella, and he's got a hat, 
and he lobs at people. Well, yeah, that's the classic. I have a question about the hat. Go on. How come it could chop off a statue's head but only knocked out that woman? No, well, it killed that woman. Killed that woman. But it didn't chop off her head. It just knocked her in the head. But I think, I don't know, I think that... If it goes through a statue, it can go through a woman's <laughs> head. That's all I'll say. Well, no, not really, because if you knock a statue over and it probably the head would probably fall off, the arm would fall off, but if I push you over, your head's not going to fall off, is it? Yeah, but skin's surely softer than rock. Yeah, but it's less rigid though, isn't it? It's, like, there's no wiggle room. I can't room, imagine a... using a sword and chopping off a statue's head, but I can chop off someone's head with a sword. Yeah, but my analogy was fine. You push over a statue, the head falls off. You push over a person, the head doesn't fall off. Jake, I'm not having this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like they need to look into that, really. Oh, uh, it's a bit late now. Oh, you must excuse our job, Mr. Bond. He's an admirable manservant, but mute. He's not a very good caddy. Golf is not yet the national game of Korea, eh? <laughs> the scenes set in Miami um, were mostly shot inside Pinewood Studios Famous. on a soundstage. <laughs> Um, the only actor that was actually in America uh, during the whole film was the guy that played Felix Leiter. Um, wow. There you go. So there you go. Um, Interesting. You pretended you didn't know when I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be fair, the only trivia you talked about is literally, I've got about four things written down. You they're all the ones. Every single thing that I have written down. Probably the first four <laughs> things on Wikipedia or something. Or the yeah. ones of interest, anyway. Um, one scene I like, and you could probably guess which scene I liked in this film, is when James Bond is in a car with a man, and he s- sends him out of the car using an ejector seat. He flies up, and then obviously it's a doll, or something like a yeah. dummy, just lands on his head. Yeah. And then for some reason, there's an old woman with a machine gun. Granny with a machine gun, that's what they call her. What is all that about? Machine gun Why granny. Did- Why did that happen? I- I'm not complaining about it. I, <laughs> I was... Enthralled of that scene, I loved it. I think they what? thought it would be funny, not the ejector seat <laughs> bit, but that was funny. That well, was though. funny, but I don't think that was. I think it was sort of meant to be quite humorous, but the machine gun granny was meant to be funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just, there's a lot of funny scenes in this, and um, that's one that stuck with me. Yeah. Um, another funny scene is um, where, where the planes fly over and just knock out all those soldiers, <laughs> just the way they all just fall on the floor. Yeah, that made me laugh as well. Um, but that scene with the old woman is Alfred Hitchcock's favourite scene in a James Bond film. <laughs> so That's great good. minds think alike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's quite funny. Um, I and I completely forgot about it until I watched it again the other day. Um, yeah, but baffling. yeah, great, absolutely baffling. Here's a bit of trivia for you. You might not have known. Um, there's two planes in this film. There's Goldfinger's private jet. Yeah. And then there's the plane that flies them to the White House of the American jet. Right, yeah. They're the same plane, but they're just painted differently on one on one side, one on the other side. So that's why they're facing in different directions. Ah, there you go. Um, Cost effective. There you go. Obviously, it's a model plane. It's not a real plane. Yeah, I could tell as well. (laughs) Strings. Thunderbirds. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, like Thunderbirds. (laughs) Five, four, three, two... One. Thunderbirds are go. Well, there's a classic scene, obviously, with the laser, as you mentioned earlier. And there's that line, I expect you to die. That's a scene I knew anyway, for some reason. Yeah. When I was a kid, I used to think he said, No who? <laughs> no who, Mr. Bond? I, no think, who. I used to think, what the hell's no who mean? Um, but then I had a little quote book. Uh, as a kid, James Bond quote book. I think I got it for Christmas one year, and it said no. And I was like, "What? He doesn't say that." He says no. Who? <laughs> no. Who? <laughs> um, I've just read something funny here. Uh, you said about the golf scene. Uh, well, the actor that played Goldfinger, Gert Frobe, uh, was doubled in the scenes where he plays golf because he just couldn't get the hang of it. Yeah, that happened to me as well. <laughs> he, he, I don't know how much they paid this fellow playing Goldfinger, but he didn't speak his lines. They were all overdubbed. Yeah. Um, he didn't play the golf. He wasn't in any of the scenes when he was in America because it was all body doubles. Um, was he even in it? What did he do? <laughs> I don't know. I, to be fair, Goldfinger, he wasn't that... It wasn't a, like a... I don't think he's that good he, of a villain. No, he's honest. not. He's when, I, bit... when I said let's do a top three, I, I thought to myself, he's not even that good a villain. He's just a bloke. <laughs> That's all I can say about him. Yeah, he's just a bloke. But 
that's why originally the top three was going to be top three sort of sinister schemes or something. Yeah. Um, but we couldn't really think of many. Um, and it would have made that that probably would have been a bit more made more sense for uh, for Goldfinger for the fella because yeah. he's got a good plan. Although you didn't think it was because you missed. Because <laughs> I don't watch films properly. You missed the whole bloody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you think he was just going to go in there, steal it all, and then let off a big bomb? Yeah, that's what they usually do in these films. Maybe I missed every plot because that's what I think happens in every James Bond film. Um, did you get that Pussy Galore um, had a change of heart and she was actually the one that alerted? Yeah, uh, I yeah, knew that she that, and she changed she's, the canisters and stuff so that. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, she was actually fine. all right in the end. She's a bit like what their relationship reminded me of was a bit like Batman and Catwoman. Yeah, James Bond and Pussy Galore. She's sort of that sort of they're sort not, of a femme fatale in a way, but she's yeah. all right. They're not she's mates, sound. are they? No. Um, it's hinted that that she's a lesbian as well, um, because she says that um, he, she's immune to his charms and stuff like that. Yeah, um, oh, and that's heavily hinted at. But um, I think what they were going for is that James Bond can even. Um, <laughs> uh, oh God! I what, I can't think of what the word is. Can woo woo a lesbian? Yeah, so that's what I think they were going for in nineteen sixty-four. <laughs> Dodgy, very dodgy, especially that scene in the barn. We don't have to go into it, but yeah, that was yeah, ridiculous behaviour. That, that's the one people bring up and say that's not on. Uh, I, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I agree as well. <laughs> but anyway, Galo, though, who plays her? Uh, Anna Blackman. Um, she's meant. She's meant to be the classic Bond woman, isn't she? She's that's one it. of. Yeah, she's definitely. She's one of the ones you think of because there's is it Honey Rider. I think her name is in Doctor Who. Oh, no, she's yeah. the one who walks out of the sea. Ursula Andrews. Oh right, fair enough. Yeah, she's the one as well. Yeah, she's, she's the another one. That's quite. Yeah, but yeah, Pussy Glow, I'd say so. Yeah, it's probably the main one. She's probably the most famous name, obviously, because it's a double entendre. Uh, a very on the nose yeah. one. Um, there was a quote by I can't remember who it was now. I think it might have been Guy Hamilton, the director. No, it might not yeah. have been him, actually. I, can't, I won't say it was him. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it could be Broccoli or someone. And they said that naming the character Pussy Galore, um, when when it reached criticism, it, they said that, well, if a 10-year-old boy um, knows what it means, then it's not a 10-year-old boy at all. It's a little bitch. <laughs> what? <laughs> what you said, or like... They're, they're not a ten-year-old boy anymore. They're a dirty bitch or something. <laughs> what a weird quote that is. I know. I thought this morning. I was just thinking, what? <laughs> <laughs> that is bizarre. I have nothing to say. To that. So that was his argument to keep it in, saying that well, <laughs> it, it won't ruin anyone's innocence because if they get it, then they're not innocent. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. I see what you mean, but a weird way of putting it. Um, yeah, it's very strange. But uh, in the promotional sort of things, they weren't allowed to call her Pussy Galore. They had to call her Miss Galore. Honor Blackman was um, in The Avengers at the time, which is a TV series that I hear about a lot. Um, yeah, I do. Why do all these actors and actresses come from The Avengers? They're all in it. <laughs> they're sort of they're similar, aren't they? The Avengers and James Bond. I think there's yeah. a sort of similar vibe. I think Diane Rigg was in it as well, wasn't she? Yeah. Um, but she she quit that for this role. Oh, on the black one, yeah, she quit, she quit. Like she, she just left. She didn't. I don't think she on the rest of a contract or anything. She just oh, left. God. The only other thing I can see that she's in is Jason and the Argonauts and Bridget Jones's Diary. I ain't got Can't. a clue she's in Bridget Jones's <laughs> Diary. I'm, gonna have to, I'm definitely gonna have to Google that now. Should be some nana, someone's nana. The only other scene that I I could think of that I really liked was the scene with all those Italian American gangsters. Oh um, yeah, brilliant! That loads hilarious. of great one-liners in it when yeah. they they rock each other on that horse. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, and when he turns the lights off and puts the map up, what's that map doing there? Yeah, what are you trying to pull, gold thing? Yeah, <laughs> made me laugh. Oh, it's a bunch of funny men. Yeah, one of them's called Mister Solo. Yeah, he's the one who gets away really initially. All the other poor bastards get gassed. What does he? Um, well. Well, no, we can spoil it. We're going to talk about that until they get shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shot and then crushed in a car yeah. crusher. Turned into yeah. a cube. Yeah, it does. Yeah, There's a scene in Kick-Ass that uh, that happens in, and I wonder if they got it oh, from this. Yeah, possibly. Because it's a British director, Kick-Ass, so surely. <laughs> this is this is a highly referenced film. They closed up the fire. I don't like this. Hey, what the, what's going on here?
Do you have any favourite lines in this film? Um, when he wakes up on the plane and she says, my name's Pussy Galore, and he goes, I must be dreaming. Um, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'd live that yeah. line as well, which I think is quite a funny one. Um, yeah, because wasn't it originally he was meant to say sort of a double entendre thing about her being called Pussy? I'm not yeah, pretty so sure like, that's true. Yeah. So I can see that. Or yeah, like or something that. which, yeah, I'm glad that he changed it to I must be dreaming. Um, my favourite line is when our job goes, ah! <laughs> yeah, I think he says ah twice. One, <laughs> just always, in, but it's usually. How does he say it in the way you think? Because I'm sure he uses it's like an instruction to people as uh, well. Uh, uh, like uh, yeah. yeah, pointing. Yeah, that's my favourite line. <laughs> I don't know why he didn't speak, but I suppose that adds to his mystery. Yeah, like uh, there's other f- films where they don't speak. What was the one I watched recently? Oh, John Wick t- uh, two. As a character that doesn't speak, and might be a little bit of a callback to this, but yeah, yeah she well, Jaws doesn't speak either. Yeah, um, and also uh, the only one I can think of is it Mr. Jinx, um, the one that David Batista played. Oh yeah, I don't think he I speaks, don't think he, he speaks either. So um, silent henchman. I think they they used him in that to try and they use him as Mr. Jinx to sort of try and bring it back to sort of our job. Yeah, sort of I, yeah, I felt that when I saw him as well. Yeah, very similar. Um, the opening sequence I like uh, when he's got a duck on his head. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was good. Uh, just a little... <laughs> Why does he have a bird on his head? He boots that man in the face. Yeah. Um, sets the detonator and then unzips his water suit and he's got a white tux underneath it. Of course he has. Yeah, yeah. Um, Classic. And then he goes to the bar, goes back with that woman, but she's set a trap for him. Um, and yeah. there's a man behind the wardrobe, but he sees her, him in her eye. Um, yeah, how's that possible? No, daft. But anyway, he uses her as a shield. Um, Should have put her in aviators. And yeah. That would have made more sense. Yeah. Should have looked daft, but it would have made more sense. <laughs> um, and then chucks the man in the bath, throws a fan in there, and electrocutes him, and then just says, Shocking. Positively shocking. Ridiculous. It is ridiculous, um, but don't care. Great. Yeah, it's classic. It's pretty much everything about James Bond within five minutes, isn't it? That, yeah, that exactly. Yeah, it tells you everything you need to know. Um, it's not my favourite James Bond after kill line, though. My favourite one is when he shoots somebody with a harpoon and then says, I think he got the point. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. <laughs> classic. Yeah. <laughs> the scene of... Um, Jill Masterson painted gold. Oh yeah, there. that's a very iconic scene, isn't it? I think that was on the cover of Life magazine at the time. Yeah, that was like the promotional thing for the uh, film, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, um, and, and she dies of skin suffocation, which I was awful. terrified of as a child, but it turns out it's not even a thing. Yeah, I, d- I didn't really. Yeah, I read that. I was like, and he hmm. says that it's um, a big killer for cabaret dancers. Hey, bizarre. <laughs> but it's it's just a made up thing. It's not a thing. The only other character we haven't mentioned, really, is Tilly Masterson, who plays Jill Masterson's sister, who's trying to avenge her death, um, is rubbish at shooting, gets caught pretty quick, and then killed by odd job. Very quickly. And that <laughs> scene where she shoots with a sniper terrified my dogs. They jumped off the bed and left the room. Did it make you jump or not? No. <laughs> well, my dogs jumping off the bed did. I was like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know why. And, I'm the, laugh there. and the way and the way he sort of woos her is a bit over the top, isn't it? By buzzing her tyres with a drill on his car. Yeah, <laughs> but she could have died easily. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> well, he's not trying to woo her, is he? She tries to shoot at him, and he wants to find out why. Well, he seems to be pretty keen. Well, that's his. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he does like women. He gets sidetracked, doesn't he? But um, <sighs> I think it, he also uses his charm to sort of extract information as well, doesn't he? Another thing about all the uh, characters in this, they all sound elderly, even though they're all quite young. That's <laughs> just the sixties. They were the same in um, in the graduate. Yeah, it's weird, though, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're they're just, old women. people just very well spoken. Well, because they are old women to us now. I know it's weird. It's a paradox. Yeah, it is a bit of a paradox. I've got a trivia if you want it. It's not very good. Yeah, go on. Goldfinger was banned in Israel after it was revealed that. The guy who plays Goldfinger, Frobe, had been a member of the Nazi party. Did you know that? Um, no. And he left. 
he left the party before the outbreak of World War Two. Oh, uh, right. So, but after a few years, the ban was lifted as it was found out that he likely saved the lives of two Jewish people oh. by hide, hiding them in his basement during the war. So he's actually all right. Yeah, fair play. Well, fair play to him. Well, he's not a villain at all. No, he's all right. Apparently, yeah. And playing into that, he was upset with how cold he came across in this film because he's actually really... He laughs a lot and he's just a jolly guy in real yeah. life, apparently. So he's upset with how cold and calculated he's perceived as because he, he likes to have a big laugh. He says, I'm a big guy with a big laugh. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got picked to play uh, Goldfinger. I think they first saw him uh, in a film where he played like a child molester. Um, and then they thought he'd make a great Goldfinger. <laughs> so I'm just thinking of this fellow who plays child molesters and villains. Um, and now I've got the image in my head of him just being a really jolly man. It, he must, not he just gets really upset by his roles when he watches them back. It's like, why have I done that? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right, really. <laughs> yeah. I'm a nice guy. He's, a, he's not a child molester and chitty chitty bang bang, is he? Because that's the other film. Yeah, I don't know in. who he plays in that. I don't remember him at all in that. Another Ian Fleming joint. That's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. He wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and James Bond. What a guy. What a mad selection of things to have done. Yeah. Very strange. I'm pretty much, I've run out of things to say, really, other than Goldfinger getting sucked through the plane at the end made me laugh as well. That's about it. Yeah. I always wish that they didn't have that bit at the end. It is funny, yeah. What bit? That him getting sucked out of the plane? Yeah. I I like the conclusion of the film is him stopping the bomb at 007 and going to the president. I don't like all the, the bit after that. I think. Yeah, it seems a bit rough, that. doesn't it? Yeah. To be fair, the whole ending of this film seems like it just happens in five minutes, like the big climax of the film. Like, he fights odd job, kills him in a very good manoeuvre, actually, by missing on purpose with the hat and electrocuting him. Yeah. Um, and then stops the bomb at 007. That's the time that's on the bomb. I like that. So of on course. The timer. Yeah. Um, that's what I do you... when I put food in the microwave now. <laughs> you stop it at 007. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it should have ended after I agree, where you go see the president and stuff, but. Just, they, I think they must have shoehorned it in at the end. Like, ah, uh, yeah, gold, forgot about Goldfinger, haven't we? Goldfinger should have been locked up rather yeah, than Yeah, a bit like Joker killed. rather yeah. than killed. I think that yeah. would have been better. So he can come back, maybe. Because doesn't Blofeld come back in a few of them? Yeah, he's a recurring character, but he's always got yeah. played by a different character, mostly. By a different actor, actor sorry, yeah. No, I, I, but when he does get sucked out the window, again, I'm scared of that happening in films. Can you really get sucked out of windows if a window blows in a plane, or does the plane just go down? Um, I'm not sure because he does sort of foreshadow it earlier when he tells. Yeah, don't don't fly that good shoot. Get sucked yeah. out. But they make a lot of stuff up in James Bond, which is fine because it's fixed. Well, yeah, the so. yeah the gold skin thing that was bullshit. Yeah. So um, anyway, do what you like? You have interfered with my plans for the last time, Mister Bond. It's uh, very dangerous to fire guns in planes. I even had to warn Pussy about it. Uh, by the way, where is she? I will deal with her later. At the moment, she's where she ought to be. At the controls. Should we so rate it and put it in a list then? Yeah, well, I'm going to rate this highly, but I've got a lot of nostalgia attached to it. But I'll be real, I know it's probably not as good as most of the other films. Um, so a good a good 3.5-er, if you want. Um, yeah, that's why I gave it on Letterboxd. I, I liked it. I, I, it's funny. It, it was more of making me laugh what made me like it. If it was like there was no jokes in it, I, I'm going to be honest, I would have found it a bit boring. Yeah. I don't want to be nasty. Uh, but there were so many funny little scenes in it that made me laugh quite a bit that I thought this is actually quite entertaining, to be honest. For me... I'd put it, I don't know if you'll agree, but because of what it became, like the whole franchise, the whole blueprint of this film became so much after it, I'd put it sixth, so one and below Mulholland Drive and one above Inception. <laughs> that seems to be where we put everything, just one below Mulholland Drive. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm happy with that. It yeah. is your pick, after all. We said last week that whoever's pick it is gets yeah. to sort of have the final I'm not say. Gonna, I'm not going to be greedy. I'm not going to put it too high, but I'll put it one below Mulholland Drive and one above Inception. All right, fair enough. I, I'm happy with that. So yeah. it's currently the sixth greatest film of all time. So we'll move on to me picking a film. And I've done something mad this week. I haven't even thought of what I'm going to do. I'm it, looking at the list right, right now. So it's 80s next week, I believe. Yeah, yes. And this will be a surprise, obviously, because um, 
you might not have been able to tell uh, with our previous episode, last couple of episodes, um, because we're great actors. Um, but I think we'd actually <laughs> discuss what film we were going to do before those ones, so we had to act surprised, didn't we? So this week yeah. I will actually be surprised, but it sounds like you're going to be quite surprised as well by your own. Yeah, I have no idea. What I'm say. I really am ill-prepared, to be honest. Uh, I'm just having a look. Um, what should we fancy here? We haven't done a, uh, a horror, have we, for this season? Uh-oh. No, go on. And I remember there's a few scenes in this that really freaked me out, actually. Because oh, it's sort of a comedy as well, so you don't expect there to be scary bits. But there is quite a few scary bits. Um, and I've watched it once. Not giving it a mass a high rating, really. So hopefully that increases. But the film uh, we're going to watch next time is An American Werewolf in London. <laughs> 